Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Jordan Nasberg. Jordan is a head bowling coach at Arizona State University. Jordan is a silver level USBC coach. The ASU team is sponsored by 900 Global, so I want to thank them for all the support they give ASU. Jordan, I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad you gave me a call. Hi, Jordan. So uh, Arizona State University, Sun Devils, you know, I'm not sure a lot of people know, uh, but it's actually the largest university in the U.S., 72,000 plus students. It's got to be a huge campus, a lot of people, a lot of action and stuff going on. What's it like being in that kind of an environment? Oh, it's absolutely wonderful there. We actually have uh, students on the team from uh, two, all three of the campuses, one on the west side of Phoenix, one on the main campus, and then we have two over. Uh, we also have two guys um, over at the uh, Polytech campus, which is way out in East Mesa. Uh, yeah, it, it, all three campuses are beautiful, but the main campus is just phenomenal. And you got a lot of people to draw from there as far as bowlers. I mean, as far as the pool of talent, that has to be pretty good too, huh? Uh, actually, it's not so much uh, from there because uh, the school doesn't help us at all, and the kids have to pay $1,500 each to bowl. So the way I recruit is if you show up, I'll make you better, and I'd love to have you. All I ask for my kids is do you love bowling? If you do, great. We'll get through it because I'm a pretty tough coach. Sometimes I'm a little hard on the guys, but it's strictly about bowling, and it's just a great place to be over there. Well, and for more on your program, check out asubowlingclub.com. That's asubowlingclub.com. Checking out some of the stuff on there, and you talk about making folks better. You had some very good pieces that I was reading that I think will help every bowler, talking about fake eye alignment and early eye alignment. Can you kind of briefly discuss what you mean by those and try to, to help uh, help everyone out with that, that what, you're, what you're talking about and such? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, see, uh, I come from New York where the front part of the lane hooked a lot. So I used to go over and almost lay the ball down at the arrows. When I moved to California after college, my ball just skidded everywhere. So what happened was Barry Ashley told me, well, he's supposed to dock then. And I couldn't line up to the dock. So I started starting at the arrows, and then my eyes to the dock, and the ball went down quicker. And, and then it, it turned out to an alignment system between where the dots are and the arrows. Uh, it's just real easy to get the ball down and then target it. Uh, at the arrows where I started, it was a natural type thing. But eventually, the angles got really weird. So it turned into a fake eye alignment as I, as, after years of doing it, where my where I looked at the arrows actually turned out to be my break point throughout the day. So uh, a friend of mine I talked that to, and I wrote the articles about it to try and explain it to other people. And, and since then, every one of my kids had the option of using early eye, fake eye, and then they've even taken it to fake eye at the arrows, too. So it's just a whole bunch of um, different theories that have turned out to work very well on, on, on shorter patterns where you have to hook the ball. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. On longer patterns, not so much. But thank you very much for reading them. Hopefully uh, they helped you. Hey, you have, uh, you've got quite a few uh, uh, accomplished uh, staff there, too, as far as people that help you with your program. I know Dave Leverage. You know, he's a high-profile person in our sport, and a Michael Haugen Jr., too, as well. And, uh, you know, he, he actually just was a top seed on the uh, Scorpion pattern there at the World Series of Bowling. 
And uh, is that? Did you have something to do with that? Were you down there, kind of working together, getting them, uh, getting them lined up? Yes, actually, um, Andrew Caden's on our staff too, the president of USBC. Um, I'm up here with Andrew and, and David, and uh, Mike is in the other squad, so he asked me after the third day to uh, if I could please come down and work with him. So I went down there. I noticed his first step was way out of whack. So it was just way too long, so he was leaning forward too much. And he went ahead and fixed it, and um, the very next day, he leads. That was one hell of a, a, a um, accomplishment. Was the last game, he needed the last six to be leader. And if he got the last five, he finished seventh or sixth. It was just beautiful to watch. I actually sat there and cried after he struck out to be top seed. The funny thing about that, too, you know, and I know a lot of our listeners know his style because, you know, he has one of the national tours. He's made so many shows and and, uh, you know, his style is a little bit more conducive, I would say, too, a little bit shorter, maybe a little bit more hooking pattern. But this was the, the scorpion pattern that is very, very long. The ball does not hook much on the back end. And a lot of the guys, if, you watch, if you're watching the finals, and I've seen this here in the, the World Series of Bowling and the World Championships, the bowlers who have bowled good there, I mean, you're looking at the players who have some of the highest rev rates in the sport, you know, the, the Jason Belmontes, uh, the Wes Malats, uh, Sean Rash. Uh, the Michael Fagan. I mean, the guys that are bowling good here, all the guys that have the really, really high rev rates. Very surprising, I guess, for me, and I guess for some, that that he would be able to lead that field, especially considering his game's a little bit more based on accuracy, no? Uh, great question, actually. Uh, now, the person that is the highest average ever on the shark pattern is Mike Haugen. By seven pins, he's 225. I think Mika's 217. Uh, and that's the, he used to be the longest pattern we ever bowled on. They don't want to bowl on that. But now the new longest pattern pretty much is, is a scorpion. Uh, I know they have bear or, or uh, one of the new ones might be longer, uh, the, um, and that's flat also. But uh, with the lower rev rate, with longer oil, the fronts he don't play as much for him because they migrate left immediately. So he can find his spot and pretty much stay there all day with the lower rev rate. So it's the same. The longer the pattern is out here for him, the better it is cost of those leverage he's bowling against. And Jordan, talk about the team. I know you guys begin competition shortly. Talk about a few of the bowlers that you got coming back this year and just kind of preview the season for the Storm Collegiate Spotlight listeners. I'm looking forward to this season more than any other season I've ever had. We have a kid, Ben Campfield, who actually Steve was there watching when he finished fourth at Nationals up in uh, Reno. Um, absolutely phenomenal. He's our captain. Uh, runs the team great. Uh, we also have a, a kid, Russ Oviet who made the finals of his division at the TAT. Uh, he's from South Dakota. Just a wonderful stalker. He's like my next Haugen. And uh, we, this semester he's not bowling, but we have Jacob Butteroff, who was on Barnes' there at Team USA. The last day he was high lefty, three of the five days at, at Team USA in January. And then we have a couple freshmen, a uh, kid from uh, Anthony Azetta from Ohio, who's a top high school bowler. And we have uh, Matt Zuleg, who was a top Southern California bowler last year. We're really, really looking forward to this year. Yeah, it sounds like you do have a, a, a lot of talent there. And I did, and I did see uh, some of those players there in Reno here at the uh, at the Open Championships this this past summer, and it was uh, yeah pretty impressive. So, do you have specific goals that you have kind of set out for for the season? Yeah, the season goal is always to get to nationals. Uh, people might not know this, but Wichita's been there the most, somewhere from thirty nine to forty two times. The second the best team ever to get the Nationals is ASU. We've been there 22 or 23 times, and no one else is above 20 yet. 
So, yeah, that's always our goal. I mean, once you get there, it's tough to beat teams that are eight deep and can have subs, and they're eight guys as good as my third guy. But getting there is an accomplishment, and then whatever happens, happens. But, yes, that, that's a solid goal, and we like to win three tournaments a year, too. So, uh, going back to a question Steve asked earlier, um, you guys, you're at Arizona State, you guys are a club program, correct? So everyone has to pay to bowl. It just, it kind of, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that the school, such a huge university, is not able to come up with some funding for a men's and a women's bowling program, especially now with all the changes in collegiate sports. Is that something that you're working on down there and it's active being, you know, being pursued or is that just something you've learned to live with and it is what it is? Well, we've learned to live with it, but the school actually brought us back last year to start applying for the club sports status because they won the two national championships last year. I think it was the ladies lacrosse or ladies hockey and the men's lacrosse club championship. And those schools, uh, those teams, uh, like the hockey team has 100 members where they could actually travel and have a club from that and then play other teams and draw from that. And they could all be officially part of the club sport hockey nationwide. So that what our school does is they tier you by how many members you have is how much money you get. And, and the, the lowest tier where we can get 25000 and cover our budget is 30 people. But unfortunately, USBC says you're only allowed to section 27. So we're kind of caught in the, in the crossroads of USBC not allowing us to actually officially have 20, uh, 30 people. Uh, that could bowl. Uh, just, uh, part of the club, you must leave the state twice in order to get that type of money. We do. We travel more than any other team in the nation. We bowl both biggest tournaments in back east. <laughs> we usually hop on the plane twice a year. So it's just a little crossroads there. But they do give us some whenever there's a <laughs> excuse me. Whenever there's something on campus with, um, from um, uh, companies wanting to come out and sponsor something. What they do is uh, they make sure that we get a thousand dollars for the last year. Ray Bans gave us a thousand, so they do what they can without being, you know, bending any rules. But they're behind us a lot now. They come with out of practices. They do what they can. But we're trying to figure out a way to get more people, so that way we can get funding from the school. Yeah, hey, well, definitely. Best of luck with that. I know it takes a lot of work and a lot of persistence to make stuff like that happen. You know, those kind of changes. Hey, last question I yeah. have for you, Jordan. Now, you were a heck of a bowler. That's how you and I got to know each other, and we've known you know we've known each other for twenty plus years or so. Are you still competing in tournaments? Are you still pretty active on the lanes, or have you kind of hung the shoes up? I kind of hung it up about seven years ago. Um, my shoulders hasn't been good, but last night was the first time I put bowling shoes on uh, at the World Series. He's one of my friends. I was out practicing out there. I got house shoes, and I used his ball. And I go 210, 236. So I actually have the fever to start up again, but my body, I cannot move right now. So thank you very much for the compliment, though. <laughs> well, great stuff. And I guess my final thought is uh, how do you, uh, or what is the best way for someone who's looking to get into your program at ASU? How do you recruit bowlers? Um, do you go out of the state? Do you guys try to stay in? I know you kind of mentioned, you know, briefly, you got a couple different campuses to choose from. But let's say I'm, I'm you know, someone who's looking to go to school and, and everything matches up with what I want to do academically. What's the best way to reach out to you guys and say, hey, I want to be on the bowling team? And you can call me. Can I give my number over this? Sure, of course. Okay, it's 480 283 3131. It's 480 283 3131. Or you can email me at jordanasperg at gmail.com. 
and I'd love, we'll get back to you right away. You come down to the campus, take a look at it. You'll fall in love with it, and I uh, would love to have you. All right. Well, great stuff, Jordan. And, and like, can I say one more thing, though? Sure, of course. Even though the kids pay the $1,500, not one person is ever not fooled because of the money. We have all, all old uh, members of the team. So we have guys that I'll fundraise for individually. Some people, the 1500 doesn't matter. So if you do want to come and you think the $1,500 is a lot, don't worry about it. You can pay a penny a day if you need to. We'll find you the rest of the money if you want to be here. Well, great stuff, Jordan. Thank you, and thanks for all you're doing for the sport, helping the helping the young kids out today. Uh, we'll have to have you back on after the season, kind of talk about how things things transpired for you guys. But best of luck, and uh, it was great chatting with you. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate the call.